Hi, Ingo. How are you doing? Hi, Adam. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on your podcast. It's a really nice opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, um, of course, because I would like to know what was your first computer? Oh, my first computer was a, a very special one. It was an Epson HX20. That was uh, um, uh, uh, like one of the first handheld devices. Um, um, my, my father used that at the university and he brought it home and uh, he gave it to me and that's when I learned programming was basic, a built-in basic uh, and uh, it had a small line printer and a cassette drive and um, yeah, I used it to program small games on the um, built-in screen which had tw 40 times 4 characters it was very uh, 160 limited. pixels Yes, absolutely. Uh, something like that. <laughs> Epson, I never heard uh, that they built uh, computers. I thought, you know, there are printers usually. Yes, they used to, used to build computers in the 80s. And it, it was very high quality. I still have it here. I actually, yeah, just so you can see it. It's, uh, this is how it looks like. Wow, it looks, it, it looks really nice. So it is, uh, it is actually incredible. It, it looks like, uh, I would say, a how to call it a fancy apple like right almost an apple like uh, style yeah it has a very refined finish a, 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 a very very good keyboard and it was like built for to, to last a really long time but of course its capabilities are, are, are severely limited and um, yeah it, it wasn't used actually in commercial use i i saw it even um, years after it was obsolete, I saw it as, as uh, in a restaurant for taking orders. So yeah, that was, uh, there was, uh, was commercial use for that. But um, it, was, it was really nice for me to, to learn programming because it was so limited and I had to do everything myself. And mm -hmm. um, so that, that was really the starting point. Uh, and I also wonder, like, how it is today to to, to get started with programming. It's, it's it's a very very different environment when you like have this this huge amount of things that you can uh, start with, and it's really difficult to focus on something. I think it is easier. The problem is the motivation. Back then, you know, you had to do this to 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 do something useful with the machine, and now it's too much distraction, right? So from yeah, that's right. You don't, you know, back then I really had to do things exactly. to get anything useful there. There was nothing on it, so you had to do everything yourself. So that's uh, mm -hmm. which were yours? Was it roughly, if you got the comment? Yeah, that was uh, nineteen eighty-three, uh -huh. eighty-four, eighty-four, something like that. Okay, this is a really advanced machine. So it looks even, you know, the, the keyboard is nice and it's like, you know, uh, metal elements in there. So it looks like really um, nice and high touch, right? So this is like, uh, yeah, I never, never saw this. So it's really interesting. And you immediately want, wanted to start programming or, or, or you had to, right? Because there were no games. There was no games. So what I did, I, I programmed games um, using sprites. You, know, you, you had this was character based, so you couldn't really draw anything, but you could make custom sprites. And so I had uh, to to move a character fluidly across the screen. I made all the various sprites, so I, it could move vertically uh, uh, in a one in one pixel steps and stuff like that. So that's um, those were the challenges back then. But there were no and external the, monitor, right? It was everything on. It, it you could have an external monitor, but I didn't have one. 
there was okay. just there was just this um, but there was the possibility to have one it was everything was very expensive and of course I couldn't buy anything and and the only documentation that I had was like the book where it explained basic and um, th- that was it and that's that's what came with it no internet nothing no, no nobody to ask really <laughs> so it's a very closed world and that's um, that's very 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 different from today how many programs you've wrote on, on, on the machine so it was like you spent all your time hacking something or one you know it was just parts of parts of my free time and I had a friend who had a, then um, 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 a, a computer another computer and we programmed there as well so I had some some other uh, uh, things going on but I, I did I did like to do that and uh, but I initially didn't want to get really into programming I was more uh, interested in physics so that that's my background really that's I studied physics and I also did a PhD um, but uh, what, what happened after Epson so you how, how uh, or what which software you wrote on the Epson so, you know, it was one game you, you mentioned, was something else, or you know what you did with the machine? Right, yeah, I, I did some, some stuff for school, so okay. things that were useful for school. That There was uh, some projects that I did also, like I brought that uh, at some point in, in the classroom and uh, did something with a teacher. Uh, some some interesting projects where you could use a computer, which was really novel at the time. There were no computers, really, that you could, like, carry around so that that was the novel thing here and uh everybody was really amazed when they when they saw it and uh, so so that's something that i uh, was was fortunate to have because my dad brought that from, from the university and he really didn't need it a lot so he could lend it to me mm-hmm. and um which what is your next machine oh and then um we have the the ibm pc so mm-hmm. that that was that was the next uh, next step and um, I actually, yeah, I learned uh, C, I learned C++, so that was the progression. So if you uh, got the IBM, you started, I guess, a little bit basic, and then... Uh, basic, and, and then going to, um, to, uh, to C. And you never played games? I did play games, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got the IBM to play games, or were you more, in- more, you were more interested in programming? In programming, definitely. Also for writing games, that that was okay. also something that, that, that I started out with, uh, with a PC. And um, yeah, writing games was was always interesting in the early days. Yeah, even more than playing, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so 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 you got it. Do you had um, an idea? You know, I would like to write game like something, or you, I would like you know to implement something like this, or you just enjoyed you know working with the machine. No, I, I did have ideas. Like I, I, I like certain types of games, like Pac-Man style stuff, okay. something like that. So that's that's what what I what I wanted to do, and I was always curious about it. What how how do you do this really? Yeah, because it was not obvious how to do things, and you couldn't really search for anything. That was still you had to like find out everything from scratch, and mm-hmm. and that, that was kind of a challenge. And I always liked challenges you know, to do something that, that was really difficult and try to break through and. Uh, uh, find out how something works. Uh, okay. Even like so, when even with, a, with, with a profiler, when we get to that later on, it's also that was also like a challenge. I was looking at the profile and said, "How is this possible? How do they do this?" And that's that like the starting point. Uh, ah, okay, cool. So, and and how you started C? So you you were no no more happy with basic, or why you started you know, to learn different programming language? 
Yeah, of course, basic was extremely slow. And when you, when you, I was interested in physics and I was doing simulations and that was really not possible with basic to do anything interesting. So I started to learn C because I wanted to, to have like fast calculations and, and that was really the, the motivation for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, and then you started, there was obvious that you would like to study, right? Com not computer science, physics, you said. Physics, yeah. Physics was my main interest, really. Why? So why why you were so f fascinated by physics? Physics, like all the usual motivations, like if you think about the future, science fiction, stuff like that, space travel, astrophysics, all these things are fascinating and so on. So that, that drew me into physics. That's interesting because this drew me to, to, to informatics or computer science. What, yeah, it could, could also be. Yeah, that was also... Be. I sort of, yeah, I sort of had both interests at the same time, really. I used my, my interest in computers to, to do physics. I also became an experimental physicist, not a theoretical one. So my, my physics was always dominated by writing programs to analyze data, um, do presentations uh, of the data that are recorded and so on. That was always like at the core. Uh, so it was a combination. It was a fusion of both, both interests. Okay. That's, um, so and what happened? So you learned then basic C and C plus plus, right? During your study, basic C, C plus plus, and and then I did a job on the side, which became very important for me, where I worked with database tools, um, DBase, FoxPro, mm -hmm. these. Um, they don't exist anymore, but they were very important yep. at the time, early nineties, and so on. So that uh, it was my entrance into the business world of data processing and so on, and I uh, did lots of lots of work in in, in that uh, in that area. So that gave me gave me a, a different background. That that then when the the web age started, I started exploring what languages you could use there. I started with Perl, but didn't really like it. So um, when Java came around, then that was great. That was a revelation, and uh, I immediately jumped on on that train but you worked as a as, as a what did after university so you started as a software engineer or what was uh yeah i did, did parallel i had the job where i where worked in in a company that did the data analysis for uh, pharmaceutical companies and uh, i i did my studies at the same time hey, cool. and mm -hmm. so there was always um the two things in parallel And uh, when I did my PhD in 2001, then it was kind of, I had to decide what, what is more important for me. And then I said, it's more important to, to work with computers. I can, I can give up this uh, application development and so on. Also, the physics that I did was, was, was not exactly, I, was, I did... Uh, um, no space travel. No, I didn't. I was, I was working with, with materials and, and so on, and it was not as fascinating as, as it okay. was back What was the title of your, of your PhD? What, what is the title of your PhD? The title? Yes, yeah, it's, it's X-ray diffraction on quantum dots. So it was, it was looking with, with uh, synchrotron radiation at, at, at the uh, surface of, um, um, of semiconductor surfaces where, where you form quantum dots. So they, this is something that, that could, could have um, uh, led to advances in, in quantum computing and stuff like that. So it was in early days. And um, we were looking at um, how these, these quantum dots, if they were crystalline or not, if there were dislocations and so on, if you could use them 
for, for various purposes. And so we went to synchrotrons and recorded a lot of data there and then made models to, to explain it and, and stuff like that. Okay. So Big that, data that was, almost. That was, was sort of... Uh, somehow when I finished it, I thought, okay, that's, that's, that's fine, but I, I don't need to continue that. <laughs> okay. The computing thing is more, there is more potential in there. And that's, okay. so that's uh, when I took a regular job and then uh, continued my career there in computing. Oh, so you continued a career in computing where? In radio? Uh, I, I, when, I, when I did the PhD, when I finished the PhD, then I, I took a, a full-time job, but not at the company that I worked um, all the time during okay. my studies. I also finished that, so I did something else. And that was the time when there were lots of startups in e-commerce space and so on. And I worked for really a number of companies. Uh, uh, they, but, and, and they all went bankrupt <laughs> one after the other. So uh, that, that was a little frustrating. So you work on something really... Uh, with all your energy and then they have to throw it away because you have to throw mm -hmm. it away because the company doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. that, that was the time. Uh, so 2000, 2001. Yeah, exactly. And uh, which programming languages you used then? And that was already the Java age. Yeah, that's that's uh, when I when I discovered Java, I thought oh, this is it. This is what, what you what, what you have to use as uh, for for uh, application development and so that's that's when I focused mainly mainly on Java and the companies I worked for were all Java shops. Okay, and, and this was like e-commerce, I, I can imagine, right? E-commerce. E-commerce, yeah, that was all e-commerce in, in some in some form. Servlets. Yeah, basically. So at some point when when that was all over and the dot com bubble was burst, then I thought about this. This cannot go on like that, and I don't want. I want something to do something interesting, and then. Then there was this this option that my my brother was also free in, in the sense that I didn't have any any immediate uh, things to do and uh, we were talking and said let's let's try something let's try to build a tool mm -hmm. and um, the, the profile that was on my mind at that point because I was working uh, with performance problems and was using. Um, uh, profiling tools and I was as I said I was fascinated and I thought how, how do they do this it's just, sometimes mm -hmm. seems a bit a little bit like magic you know, how, how do they get that data and um, then we said yeah we can we can try that exactly back then I used a lot uh, the um, performer shoe tracker J probe I remember Mm -hmm. This is back then. Then uh, optimize it, I think, also. But optimize, optimize it was my tool, so that's that's what I was was. Um, I, I I thought that optimize it was was had a better UI than JProbe. JProbe had like more features always, uh, but optimize it had this slicker presentation, and uh, so so. so JProfile, in some sense, is a, is a little bit inspired by that, the, the initial decisions, mm -hmm. uh, how, how you start out. And this is with the product that's always like how you start out. There is some basic DNA that you cannot really change later on. It, it, it always goes on. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, these very first decisions that you make, and it, it's always... It, it's not bad to like to look at something that you like because these decisions are like very important. You you can you cannot undo them, and uh, yeah, that's so we were really happy with that. And so you started with J Profiler because you would like to understand how Profiler are working. 
Yes, absolutely. That was something <laughs> that I was really curious. Of course, it was a, as a business opportunity, but um, I, I was just curious. I said, I, I want to do this. I want to find out how, how, to, how to do that. And at the same time, I thought this is really expensive as a tool and so on. I can, we, we can sell that for, for a lower price. And, uh, and so we did. And um, yeah, it, it, against all odds, I have to say, against all odds, we succeeded and um, got some traction. And uh, people started talking about us. And uh, that, that, that was, um, yeah, not... Not given. Like when you write a tool, it's really difficult to sell it. Uh, yeah. It's not, not very, very, very difficult. And I've, I've also, like even for profiles, I've known now a couple of people who have tried that also in, in, in other, uh, for other languages. And it's just not, it's, it's very difficult to, to, get, to get the traction and uh, to get the um, amount of features that you need to, to, to convince somebody that, that this is something that they should pay for. Mm-hmm. And I was, what? It, so, uh, so, so you uh, with your brother say, okay, we 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 start a company, um, a profile company, and we create a tool. So, what? How you approach that? So, I mean, you started with system current amilis, or what was you know the first idea, or how you you know approach the the problem, and what was the first prototype? What we started developing, without we had a plan, like in the sense that we knew what features we would like to have in version one. Yeah, which, which, which features were there? You know, revolved, based, mainly first revolved around the call tree. So we said, like, the most important thing is, is to see this call tree. Like, back then, of course, there were no open source tools or something like that. There was mm-hmm. nothing. So, like, today this would not be feasible because today the, the list of features that you would have to build up to, to get a minimum viable product would be immense. So you, that would, you would take years to write all that, even with a, with a larger team. But back then it was like, if we have this call tree uh, and, and maybe a list of hotspots, then, then we'll be good. But of course, that when you do this, you, you, you get this uh, a more sense of what is really required. And then other things came in and you need some memory analysis and, and so on. We, we, we have, need to have that as well. So that expanded, but still it got done very quickly. So like the first version that we released was released after half a year, just half a year of programming mm-hmm. until we had something, and we could sell that. And that was really amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, and was amazing. it, uh, the, the name was J-Prop, uh, J-Profiler from the beginning? J-Profiler, yeah. We started like with that very like down-to-earth <laughs> And how, how, you, how you sold the, the was it like a box? Was it online uh, sale or, or how you promoted, marketed, and, and what you did to sell it? Yeah, that was already the time when you could only sell online. Some people thought that was strange and they expected that they could also buy the box, but mm-hmm. it was already like the point where you could say it's not really required to have a box. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so we, we had this uh, service um, uh, when you sell like software, you have a service provider that does all the credit card thing for you mm-hmm. and writes the invoices. And so back then there was Element Five, it was called, still still exists, mm-hmm. and um, th- that was a great help in setting up like all the um, the selling stuff. Of course, you have to program a website and and things like that, but so they have to all this these um, collateral stuff that you have to do. But it's not. Um, um, not so much, really. You can use uh, third-party mm-hmm. help. And which year was it? The initial release in which year? Two thousand one. 
Wow. 2000, no, excuse me, 2002. So 2001, we started developing. 2002 was uh, uh, the release. 2002, February 2002 uh, was, was uh, J-Profile 1. So that's uh, more than 20 years in the past. And yeah, so, so, so like for more than 20 years, we have really been con continuing to, to develop this full time. And as you can imagine how much stuff has gotten into, into, into the product in the meantime. And of course, it like, like the product grows with the ecosystem, grows with the JVM. Like the JVM was a lot simpler back mm -hmm. then. And also like the, the profiling was very different. We did not have the JVMTI, which is the tool interface. Of but uh, what you did at the beginning, you just created an agent, you hooked into the JVM. Was it a native code? How uh, the J profiler profiled in the first version? Yeah, there was a there was an experimental interface, which was called the, the JVM profiling interface, the JVM PI. So that existed mm -hmm. already in Java uh, 1.2. And there was also something for Java 1.1, uh, but we never... Uh, supported that really so it was java 1.2 plus and that's um, basically um was an early interface on how to uh, get runtime information fr from the jvm and it also it, it had different capabilities than than the jvm ti which then came later in in java 1.5 mm -hmm. and um there was only instrumentation there was was no sampling in mm -hmm. the beginning so that's that's how we started, mm -hmm. and uh, instrumentation, of course, is, is if you instrument everything, everything gets extremely slow. You know. mm -hmm. It was had huge overhead, like the first version had, uh, it was very slow. And all all profilers were slow back then. So I remember mm -hmm. we uh, we profiled with uh, the Citraco one, but also extremely slow. Yeah. So that that over the years that the overhead has has gotten lower and lower and lower. And like for instrumentation, even even there, like like if you, if you say like the JNI calls that you have to make, they have become so much faster uh, over the years. So even that has gotten better. And and for for sampling now we have really a revolution in, in Java 17 and that we support in JProfiler 14 in the latest version, where we use the thread local handshakes uh, to really uh, make to to get like zero overhead for for sampling. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's like async sampling now. And mm -hmm. uh, so you can really use the normal JVMTI sampling uh, if you don't care about the single thread safe point bias, which is really not, for, for normal applications, not, not significant. So um, that, that is really, not, now we're in a state where that's very good in terms of, in terms of overhead. And, um, very happy about about these changes in, in the JVM that they made. Mm -hmm. um, how fast you sold your first copy? So you announced the software. You know how long it took until the first download happened. The first download happened the same day. Like it was very easy to get attention back then. There was were sites, software sites. Like there was one site called Fresh Meat. Mm -hmm. which, which is not, um, today you can use that name, but back then it was like uh, no, there was no so much political correctness or whatever. So there was the fresh meat site. Uh, exactly, this was like you know an an, an ugly looking site with uh, just yeah. no links to everything, right? It's just for for Linux enthusiasts and so yeah. on, and, and you could like post your releases there, and there were not so many. There were like people were really interested, and people were like in this. 
pool mode where they would go and look for stuff. And, and then you could just post on various um, websites. There was one site called the server site, still exists. Exactly. But then back then they had like uh, an announcement section where you could like self-serve, post something, and it would really get clicks. And people would really come. Uh, today, these things are very different. And it's very different to get anybody's attention because everybody is in constant overload and, and has this shield up. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you can, cannot do this, do this in, in the same way. But back then, it was, was, was really easy to get some clicks. And so the downloads happened immediately. And we had our first sale after two weeks, which was uh, great. Yeah? It was really great. Because like we had a two, 10 days evaluation period. So in that uh, uh, um, time span, people can use the product with all features. And then after that, they, they can buy it. And, and then that was like really quickly somebody, somebody bought it and that really validated our... Uh, our product and that was like of course it was slow going for for a long time and we had to improve the product a lot further and, until we really could like live uh, of, 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 of the money that we made with it but like a year later we were there let's say so it was like one and a half years and we had like uh, we could we could cover our expenses mm-hmm. it's a great feeling right so I, yeah I mean... it's a great feeling yeah it's, it's, so, so like like um, I, I I wouldn't like I wouldn't know I often think about what would I do today if I were to start a company and uh, and, and and try try to make some money and uh, yeah it's, it's really difficult to to to, uh, to know what what to do but even back then like people were not uh, supportive of what we were doing they said this this is not going to work you're not going to make any money yeah exactly. That's, Mm-hmm. Where are your customers and so on? Do you, do you have connections? Uh, you have to have a sales force and all, all these things. Like the, that, that was not a good business model in the minds of people. And but we did it anyway because we just wanted to do it, and it was like retrospectively the right decision because it was the right uh, time to introduce a new profile into the ecosystem. And then there was like two years later, there was another profiler, which is a competitor of ours, the Eurocade profiler, which, which was also still the right time to do that. And since then, we sort of, you know, we are the two main uh, competitors in that space. And um, that's that. But, but now it would be very difficult to, to, to program mm-hmm. that. So there was no venture capital, nothing involved. You just, you know, bootstrap yourself. Yeah, that's, we just did it ourselves. And- this is what I really like. So I also never understood, you know, why you have, you know, to, to, of course, if we build, you know, I don't know, computers, you need some, you know, budget or some investment. But for software, you could try to bootstrap yourself. And I think it worked in your case, but still, you know, very courageous. So I would say back then, I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't start, you know, to create, try to create my software because I would say this is almost impossible, you know, to sell it. But uh, you prove it, prove me wrong. Which is, uh, which, yeah, which is really good because, um, yeah, because uh, you can achieve something if you really like to. So this is um, with almost no effort, uh, almost no effort. You, you worked hard, but it's not you just you know focus on the thing, and it worked. How important was the user interface for you? Oh yeah, the user interface was super important. So that that was also this is also always like uh, something that we really think about very very hard is like how do we, how do we get the concepts across because like the profile is a difficult tool and it's like 
Again, you have these two tools, main tools in, 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 uh, that you have. The one is the debugger and the profile. A debugger is straightforward. You can have a lot of features and be uh, uh, configurable and stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's straightforward how to do things. But with a profiler, it's, it's, it's difficult because you have all these trade-offs and you have to sort of convey that to the user and uh, or do things automatically in such a way that they do the right thing and so on. And the user interface is, is extremely important in, in how, how, do we, how do we get the user up to speed. Also, the user who, who is coming in with the profiler is not somebody who spends a lot of time reading the documentation and learning the thing and so on. They usually have a problem and want to solve it, and they just downloaded it and so on. So we, it has to be extremely intuitive, and it has to be extremely quick in the sense that you can find the feature that you're looking for, and, uh, and it should work, and, and, and present the data in such a way that you understand it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of things when you collect data, uh, when a profiler collects data that are difficult to analyze. And you wrote this, uh, yeah. the uh, user interface in Swing, and then JavaFX, or what is it actually? That's a Swing uh, user interface, just mm -hmm. like IntelliJ IDEA, for example. So. So it's, it's interesting. Like swing is it was, there was like points in time where people said, "So when are you gonna like do, redo this and something else?" And like that was the SWT time when when people started. Some some friends of mine redid their entire uh, user interface in SWT, which I don't think was 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 a good decision. Then. No, um, and because they said oh, swing is ugly and so on, and swing is slow, but but. The ugly and slow went went away with time. Like today, we have very good look and feels. Look very this is why good. why I ask you because in dark mode, J Profiler looks really beautiful, and I thought, okay, uh, this is actually it is slick. So the story was, I um I used Citraka J Pro back then, and I somehow confused it with J Profiler, and I knew J Profiler. But my feeling was, you know, the your web. So I, I, I look at the J profiler and I say, this is some, you know, Chinese companies are doing something. I don't know what they are really doing, and that was curious. And I and I and I click on the about button, and it was for Munich. And I say, this is crazy, you know. Someone in Munich builds a profiler, and I'm um, also living in Munich. So I say, this is crazy, and um, and then I download, and it looked beautifully, you know. It was like in five minutes, it just worked. And, and I say, uh, this is great because I spent uh, some of my time, you know, in task forces, helping pe people, you know, if something is wrong, to fix stuff. So I'm always curious about profilers. So um, uh, I've, uh, and, and even, I think, I think uh, the uh, J-Probe or Citraka, uh, they are out of business, I think, right? This is? Yes, yes. Because yes, I tell you a funny um, story. Um, I've written a book, a J2E and Java e patterns or something like this. And I got... I don't know how, uh, they approached me, the, all the profiler suite on the CD of my book. And um, like, you know, back then was very common, like to get, you know, some, some uh, software with, uh, with the book. And then I was called like five to 10 years ago um, by someone asking me whether I would like to have the source code of the, uh, the J-Probe J Citraka. And I say, why, whether I would like to buy it? And I say, why buy it? I mean, I help you, you know, to sell it. I, I I supported you, and yeah, it could be interesting. But why? I I don't need your code. And and what they try to do it, you know, to sell it. I think this was like the they the, the try to sell the that they somehow they found me and they forgot to look it up and they thought I'm like an investor, but I was just the book author, 
And I could actually buy, you know, the Citraka code, <laughs> Citraka source code. And you had a conversation. I sorry, you completely confused me. I, I'm, 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 I may, it would be nice to have the code, but I have no idea. I know what to do with it. And um, and then we had a podcast with about Bitrace. You remember Bitrace? Yeah. Yeah. And then you were mentioned. And uh, then I, I, I took a look at the tool and then immediately bought it. So it can be actually interesting because, you know, um, I'm always interested in performance. And it was nice. The, the only uh, uh, criticism I have, there is no Visual Studio Code integration, but I hope you are already working on it. You know, this is NetBeans is great. I use NetBeans and I use uh, IntelliJ. But right now I use Visual Studio Code for Java a lot and Oracle released LSPs. So, you know, your next weekend, you should implement Visual Studio Code. Uh, this is a huge... Really, I'm always looking for these kind of suggestions. Because this uh, Visual Studio Code, I have um, also a YouTube channel, so everything I do with uh, Visual Studio Code. And um, and why I'm doing this? Because I'm also, you know, from time to time, I have to do JavaScript, and Visual Studio Code has great JavaScript support. Okay, and then I'm too, right. I was too lazy to switch to something else. And what's really cool in Visual Studio Code is a lightweight mode. It's called, you don't need a project. You just open Java source code and, and you can work with it. And uh, this is sometimes, you know, interesting if I'm some, you know, in consulting mode in, on, for my clients. So, yeah, I see. Okay. So I think Visual Studio Code is huge, actually. Yeah. So I, I, I would say, um, I think it's, they have bright future because uh, they get stronger and stronger. So, and uh, if you have it, I, of course, yeah, um, will also use Thanks it. Thanks Definitely, yeah, that's, that's something we're definitely going to look at. I saw this. There's no Visual Studio Code, so I was a little bit sad. I was like, I don't care. I click you know, once more, and then uh, J-Probe just started standalone. That was happy. So I immediately was able you know, to profile. Uh, I just started Quarkus. I was uh, curious and uh, already you know, uh, connected, and there was amazing experience, I would say, because uh, back then, I had to do more, you know, with the older profilers. So this is how I approached you. It's like, yeah, we have to talk. And and um, you are a very capable Java developer, of course, and I don't know you. This is strange things. You know, we are on conferences everywhere, and you are like, you know, completely unknown. Yesterday, I was on conference, and I asked some speakers, do you know JProfiler? And they say, yeah, we heard about, uh, about that. I say, okay, where it comes from? And no one knew it's from Germany. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our website is in English. So no, no, but 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 really but interesting, right? That uh, something like this, um, and, and Richard Beer, it says, no, he did the Java fix. He was one point of time, you know, the chief designer. He tweeted about J Profiler released a new version, and uh, what's interesting. So this is why you're talking. So I was just okay. This is interesting. I would like you know to know what you are doing because uh, you are a Java developer. No one knows you. Great product, you know. This is interesting. So, so you are like the Java spy. <laughs> yeah thanks yeah i'm not not really present on on conferences um, so that that's maybe goes back to when we started uh, like developing we thought like we we have to use this online only mode in the sense that we we do online we do ads we in the beginning we did also a lot of like uh, google adwords that that was very new then it was also a lot better than it's now uh, and and stuff like that, and we did. We we said we don't have a sales force, and we also like. We let's not let's not start by trying to go to conferences and and so on, but but do the the online marketing approach first, mm -hmm. and that, that kind of uh, stuck around. And yeah, it's. it's uh, you should do it once, you know, just to go to a, to a bigger conference like DevOps and say, look, um, how we build, you know, a Java product, let's say. It will be interesting, you know, discussion like that. And and uh, But because uh, you are a little bit uh, 
unknown, I would say, and uh, also was not aware. I think you know, like small company just fiddling something, you know, with profiling. And but uh, I think you know your kid is is the thing. But um, yeah, so this is why we are talking. And how I find you also is we had a conversation with Bitrace. And you sponsored Bitrace because you gave them, you know, open source license. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, you know, why you are using JProfile? I was like, yeah, because, you know, back then open source projects could uh, get get a license. And I click on it and then I say EJ Technologies, like this is like Chinese or Indian company. But then I found out, you know, you're in Germany, so which was interesting because I'm always a little bit cautious, you know, with buying something. And um, but uh, yeah, then so okay, there's not a problem. No, in Germany, you know what to do. And um, okay, uh, interesting. So. Um, what are I would say some maybe what was the first unique feature of of J Profiler back then? You know, I, I say you had the call trace. This was usual, but there was something as I say, okay, this is like unique, you know, J Profiler feature back then. You know, the version one, two, or whatever. What, where you started to be different, or is there something different? You know, what, what's your strength? Well, in terms of what the use, in terms of the user experience, one of the things we did differently from the beginning was that we like showed. We did not have this snapshot-based mode where we said we record a snapshot and then we show the results mm -hmm. of the uh, of the recording, but that you could like dynamically look at stuff as it was being recorded, mm -hmm. and that was different from the beginning. And a lot of people liked that because they mm -hmm. can like open the hotspots view and then see tuck, 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 while they're. Um, um, doing something with their application, stuff is recorded, and this is the right thing, and so on. Um, so that that was like in terms of uh, in terms of the user experience, that was something that was that was different. And um, yeah, th th then we we started developing uh, our unique features like uh, over time, mm -hmm. and. Um, one thing, for example, that, that people think that is, is, is in particular a strength of JProfiler is the way that you can start profiling on remote machines mm -hmm. without going to the remote machine and, and installing agents there, modifying start scripts and so on. So we have this when you go in JProfiler on the quick attach tab, of course, you see the locally running machines as you would also do in Visual VM and so on. You can click on them and start profiling. But you can also do that with remote machines. Like you can say, I have a remote machine. I just have like an SSH connection. And you just put in your your credentials your for, for the SSH connection. And then, whoops, it lists you. Oh, the okay. SSH. Okay, cool. Remote machine. You don't have to do anything on the remote machine. So it's all transparent and it's not only the ssh connection it's also like when you work with docker you mm -hmm. just say okay show me the docker containers on the local machine or on a remote machine and then uh, you can select a jvm in a docker container and profile it or on a kubernetes cluster mm -hmm. that is something that's particularly hard to to profile if you if you like want to do that with some like only with an agent and so on how do you even like connect to it? I mean, there might be not be a way to get uh, a socket through uh, mm -hmm. to your machine where the JProfile UI is running. Something you would have to do certain things, modify containers, and so on. It's it's not it's not pretty. So that that is something that is that is really important for people to even get started with with profiling in in a way that is not a hassle that then doesn't require them to 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 
do a lot of work or to find out how to even do things. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's that's one thing, and uh, yeah, and then of course in, in the profile you have you you have various topics that you deal with. This is sort of a collection. You have you have different topics that the, the pro, that the profile uh, has to cover, like mm-hmm. CPU profiling, memory profiling, and and then you have higher level functionality, and that is. Really, really very important for for J profile. They have this this higher level functionality, the database profiling, the HTTP calls, the incoming and the outgoing, and, and stuff that that revolves around not like the the method level thing, but but something above that. Mm-hmm. And that that is, for example, something you do not have with the open source profiles. You get some memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and um, information and call trees and so on, but all this higher level stuff, that that is something uh, that that makes to profile really unique. And I would dare say also with respect to our other commercial competitor. Um, for example, like you can have things like that. You can follow HTTP calls, like REST calls, into a different JVM and get a connection between the call side and the execution side. Oh, this is cool. This is like uh, you know, like. Um X-ray is called on AWS. It's like uh, open tracing, right? So you could actually follow the call yeah, from one you, JVM you to the follow. other and, and profile both. Yeah, with tracing, of course, you can do that, but then you modify... No, it's like it. tracing. It's yeah. like tracing, right? Because with tracing, you could do this, but uh, you don't see what happens inside. But I would see, yes. you know, the outside call with, you know, the all the methods involved. So it is like yes. you, you cannot do this with open tracing, but mm-hmm. if with open tracing, you could at least, you know, see where the call is going. And mm-hmm. with your uh, J profiler, we would see the first JVM calls the other JVM, and we see the the call stack of all of both JVMs, right? Yes, you have like two windows. You you profile both JVMs, and then you can jump in, in, in both directions. You see the handle these calls, and they're coming from that other JVM, and you can see the call tree separately. So you can really like do that on a per request basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this is this is uh, stuff that is a sort of enterprise uh, yeah. functionality that's really important to our customers. Like most of our customers have have Spring uh, mm-hmm. applications, Spring Boot applications, uh, some, some some things like with something with a database, something with REST calls, I/O bound stuff. Uh, this this that's also like why usually async sampling is is not the right choice for uh, for 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 this because. Um, it, it limits the amount of data that you can collect in these in probes, mm-hmm. and um, it, that, that's why I'm so happy about the, the, the recent um, advances in the JVM that allow this zero overhead sampling mm-hmm. without the async sampling. Well, the you async know the chap, or what is it in particular which allows you zero overhead sampling, or w- which functionality, which interface helped you, you know, to do this? The, the thread local handshake. So, you, like with sampling, the problem was always like you have to stop all threads okay. at a safe point. They all run. You stop the threads. Every thread has to stop at a safe point for mm-hmm. that particular thread. Then you, you collect the stack traces. You let the JVM go. Again. Okay. So if you have just one thread, that might not be so bad because you, you waited for it to stop at some safe mm-hmm. point, and there are a lot of safe points in the JVM. Like every method exit is one, I think. So. It, this happens all the time, so it's not it's not a problem really. With, but if you have a multi-threaded situation, 
then it affects really the performance because mm -hmm. like you're stopping threads for, for an extended amount of time until you can get the stack trace. Mm -hmm. And the solution, to, then, then you get huge overhead and you get huge bias. Mm -hmm. um, in in, in uh, some situations where you have uh, lots of threads that, mm -hmm. that are uh, CPU bound, then, then it really matters. So um, that async sampling was, was the solution to that. But it's an unsupported experimental interface and it produces a lot of garbage also. So you have this trade-off uh, between it's more accurate and there is more garbage and, and so on. It's difficult. It's not, yeah. it's not an ideal situation. It would have to be reworked there. Uh, proposals for that, um, but it's unclear if they will go in, into the JVM. Anyway, we will support whatever is there. We would like to see an improved async sampling, mm -hmm. but for now, it's the uh, for Java 17 plus the 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 normal JVM TI sampling is 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 a very good solution, especially if 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 you have a, like a normal application. In sense, in sense, where say normal application, something that also does I/O bound things and not only CPU bound stuff. Mm -hmm. How many developers you have? You just you know you you working you building this everything by yourself? Yeah, this my brother and me, and um, that's that's how we work. Um, this is perfect because <laughs> it's also my secret plan, you know, to code as long as possible. So uh, mm -hmm. I was always afraid to create my own company because then I would become you know CEO or CTO, and I'm not coding anymore. And I'd like to spend my time with technology, not, you know, managing people. So uh, this is why it's uh, um, really interesting that actually how much you can achieve if you consistently doing something, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big cathedral in a sense yeah, that they build over the years and, it, and you always add to it. And, but there's always more to do. There is no uh, shortage of things, of plans and so on. It always goes on. And of course... Like there's always these external factors, like the, the, that gets the, the JVM throws at you uh, problems after problems. Like for example, Java 21 virtual threads. I wanted to ask you how you deal with millions of threads. This would be my next question, right? Lou? Yes, that's that's something. Of course, that's an extremely difficult problem for every existing profiler. Mm -hmm. That uh, this basic assumption of like the number of threads in the JVM is of the order of. 100 or, mm -hmm. or something like that, or a 1,000 maybe, but not more, yeah, mm -hmm. because the operating system cannot do that. Um, that that has broken down, and now you have millions. And, and the, the, usually when you collect data in the profile, you would like to do that on a per-thread basis because you don't want to synchronize stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah? You don't want to have a lock and like put something in a data structure that is accessed from multiple threads. So we had to like rework our entire data collection uh, mechanisms for everything, especially for all the probes. Yeah, we have lots of these probes and in, in these high-level systems. So that was like a year of work or something. Yeah, to do that really right. And uh, so we're pretty happy now with with, with how we came out of this. But it looks like a nice feature that the JVM added, but it's it's a huge amount of work for us. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. Um, that happens from time to time. Like when we had the module system, the Java 9, that was a, a, a big problem for us in very many ways. Yeah, it was very difficult. And that was also like this watershed moment where lots of libraries and tools like fall behind and say they don't make the jump. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't go to the other side and so on. It weeds out the old stuff and then you only have the new stuff. So that's, uh, that, that was the module system. And in a sense, when you talk about the source code for 
JProbe. So they will have only the JVM PI, the old profiling interface. They did not make the jump to the to the new one, and mm -hmm. that was when they went when they stopped the product. So this okay. is sometimes these technology changes where the vendor says, okay, this is, this is too much work. This is mm -hmm. not, not worth it to do it because we're not making enough money. So uh, let's just, let's just stop. Mm -hmm. right? So that, that's basically how it is. And the same for optimizers. They both did not go into the modern world of the uh, JVM tool interface. So that's okay. basically. But it's still amazing that uh, uh, you can do this because, because you don't have, you know, a huge team behind you. So there's maybe lower risk, and if you focus on your work, you can achieve you know amazing things. Yeah. yeah. So you have what, basically one pizza team, right? So you can say. <laughs> <laughs> what Yahoo said, you know, Yahoo was a pizza team for microservices. So J Profiler is a pizza team, one pizza team. And we have a second product as well, which has a funny story, and is also very successful, which is Install for J. If you look that up. Mm, which is a multi-platform installer builder. And uh, when we started to, to ship JProfiler, we did not have, the first thing we did not have was a native launcher, like an exe on Windows that mm -hmm. you could start. We didn't want to have a start script uh, that brings up in Windows Explorer the, the terminal and so on. That, that was not an option for us. We wanted something, something a little slicker and... We saw how NetBeans did that. They had a native launcher then that was an open source project then for, for the, the only really uh, real IDE back then for, that, that was uh, available. And then we started writing our own launcher. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, wow, that's, that's, that's a, that would be a product. Like people need that. Mm -hmm. yeah? Just to create an executable launcher for, for mm -hmm. your Java application where you say this, this is a class path, this is... This is the main method, and so on. All these things, we, uh -huh. and, and then you create this this executable that then starts your application. And so we did that, and that was called Exe4j. Uh -huh. Was the people uh, bought that, and we we used that for uh, for launching the profile on Windows. But then, sort of, you know how things go on in in terms of features. Uh -huh. We said, like we on, we also like then we we want to make installers yeah, uh -huh. direct. Uh, and also for Linux, uh, Mac OS, and Windows. And um, of course, a product like that existed, was installed anywhere. It's also one of mm -hmm. them. This still exists, uh, by the way. Um, and then we started to do something like that. And um, uh, we got sucked in. And uh, that's, that's our second thing that we're doing. And, um, so with Install4j, you can build... Um you can create installers for your Java software to ship it, right? Yes, yes. yes you have launchers. You have, it's especially for server authors because like the main strength there is also you can define a UI where you like visually program stuff and uh, have text fields and actions and uh, you can ask for a port, for example, or mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. things that you usually like when you deploy software and there's lots of server software it has to be installed some, somewhere. Uh, there's also desktop software, but like uh, in, in a lower percentage. But um, that's that's what um, uh, lots of um, people need. Something that that works on Windows, Linux, and 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 Mac OS. Mm -hmm. Especially on Mac OS, things are very difficult uh, mm -hmm. in in terms of deployment. Yeah, people 
don't know how to sign and notarize yeah, exactly bundles are and so on this is all stuff that people don't don't uh, don't really want to learn they just want this to work and so on and then that's uh, that's a good tool so these are these are both our tools and that that really came from the fact that there was nothing that we liked so we looked at install anywhere and said, no, this is this is not good. This, this looks clunky and doesn't. Yeah, this work. is what was my, what, what is a little bit my my feeling, right? So that um, the developer and user experience is very important to you. How it looks like, how it feels like, because um, I played a little bit with um, J Profiler and I just was uh, you no know, curious about the overhead. And uh, you want me, you know, new um, you the J Profiler want me. Uh, this is uh, too much overhead, but I did it, and it was nothing actually, basically. And and um, so okay, cool. So how how far I can go? And then I know I try you know to 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 uh, turn on everything, turn on everything, and then one point of time I say this combination is not uh, recommended, right? So mm -hmm. so this was uh, uh, from a nice touch, right? Because uh, from the beginning I get I get a guide which makes sense, which what doesn't make sense, but um, it was not invasive. So I would say. Um, the uh, user experience or the UI is really good. This is why I ask you, because it was a complete different experience what I ex expected, right? And um, this is, uh, yeah, this is maybe your Epson computer was, no? This is uh, <laughs> the J profile <laughs> <laughs> looks like the Epson. <laughs> it's really slick. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and this is unusual in Java. This is unusual in Java, really, because uh, yeah. most of no Java desktop software, even commercial one, was not that nice, so put it. Yeah, this way. That, that's that's true. But you can you can really do this. Um, there is this uh, this uh, look and feel now that is used by many. Um, it's even used by NetBeans now, which is um, the uh, Flatlaugh. It's also a guy from Munich. He's, mm -hmm. uh, he he is, lives near Munich, and um, he he develops that that look and feel. Is this Tony Flat. Apple? No. Hmm? Tony Apple. No, Karl Tauber. He's oh, okay. He does. He also has a product for d designing U UIs, uh, but this is the look and feel um, that that is open source, and has this nice dark mode and so on. Also has like support for the um, IntelliJ Idea themes that you can theme this, and it's it's really nice. And yeah. It's a really nice UI, and, uh, and so so there are these options on the JVM that make Swing. Uh, a viable option, of course. Swing is 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 not uh, a nice API, and it's not modern, and so on. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you create your own wrappers and your own. You have your own framework, and then you work with it. Uh, you, you know, a napkin. You look and feel. You remember napkin? You look and feel napkin. Napkin, no, no. Okay. And substance, look and feel. You know, right? Substance. substance yes. Yeah, substance, substance looked nice. And the problem is, um, I um, I built some enterprise software back then. And if you started with Substance, it already looked professional. So I was a Substance was, uh, I have to remember it was even the office look and feel, and it looked actually nice. And the problem is, if so back then something looked nice, uh, managers thought it's it's ready. So um, what I found is a napkin look and feel. You can search for it, napkin. Mm -hmm. And if you, um, it looks broken. So it looks like a napkin, Windel. <laughs> and uh, so what I did, we activated Napkin on purpose. So it is uh, n nothing is aligned. It, it looks like really bad. And then, you no know, later, we just switch uh, one liner and uh, we did substance out of that, and it looks beautiful. So this was the entire. You know, so I, I really like Swing. I have to say. So um, the the criticism like uh, Swing uh, looks bad. I'm like, what's your opinion about IntelliJ? Because IntelliJ looks nice, right? And uh, they say, oh, this is not Swing. It's like, it is, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so this is like... 
<laughs> and uh, so Swing was actually, in one point of time at Java 1, this was an extreme GUI makeover where they presented, you know, nice-looking Swing UIs, and they were all great, really. Um, the, the, the problem was maybe, you know, you could build terrible UIs with Swing, um, which is harder with, let's say, uh, Swift UI or something like this right now. But, um, yeah. Um, and uh, another question, maybe the last one, um, the entire instrumentation you wrote by by yourself, right? The entire engine, the entire performance is written by you both. So there is no like. Yeah, you mean like like the also like the instrumentation, of course, is done in the native code. Where, yeah, sure. Where it reads the Java class file and parses it and adds stuff to it and also has to deal with um, uh, the pre-verification and so on. There's of course lots of problems. These things, of course, at the beginning were all very much easier. This all these problems came like step by step. Yeah. And um, yeah, also with instrumentation, we have this cool feature that's called auto-instrumentation, where you run it once and then it will tell you um, these methods cr cause too much overhead, you should remove them, mm -hmm. exclude them from the instrumentation for the next run. So you can find the set of instrumented method recursively that will add low overhead. Mm -hmm. And that's... I'm not in favor of saying instrumentation is not good. Let's always use sampling because instrumentation provides information that sampling cannot provide, like uh, invocation counts, for example. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's really useful to know how, how often something was called. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have a good set of methods that you instrument, then it can be can be very good. Can also be very low overhead because, like, you should only instrument stuff that that takes a long time, not, mm -hmm. not very short lived. And uh, so that's, that's also an option. But still, the same thing here. You have all these various ways to do things, and they all have different trade-offs, and you have to inform the user about them. The user has to choose that and, and be aware of what the problems are. And, what, and that, that, is, that is really difficult about, about profiles, and you, you need all, all the help you can get in the UI to, to, mm -hmm. to navigate these problems. Mm -hmm. So, and... You wrote the entire stack from, you know, the, or you both, the entire team, so the entire profiler was written by you. So Yes, yes, we have written everything ourselves. Yeah, this absolutely. is even more amazing, so I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> really cool project, so I didn't expect it such, such a thing, right? So, um, interesting. It's, it's like 20, 22 years of work in it, so that's pretty, um, pretty long time. Huh? It did not look like that in the beginning. And so, so you are, you both are, Java experts because you do all the time you know low-level Java programming actually right all the time so it's actually your job to absolutely Java and C++ C++ is our, our, our native language and you like C++ actually or you are happy to spend more time with Java so what's your feeling about C++ no I don't think anybody really likes C++ <laughs> <laughs> I liked it actually I, I, I was a huge C++ and a fanboy and then Java came So, but I really like seeing see, yeah. see how the templates are. it was like you know uh, you could build complex stuff for stuff for for fun. So this is what what I appreciated. So it was like yeah. I was uh, drawn to the complexity somehow. You know, you can you can overall overload everything. You can play with things. You know, with small things. You can just spend a huge amount of time with nothing. This is what 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 I like back then. So yeah, compared to C, yeah. yeah. But then today you like have these other options. But C plus is still very portable, and we need that. We could not use like Rust or anything like that. Of course, we would not like to rewrite everything, but we couldn't use it. We really need the portability to, to run on all. We support a lot of architectures where you have to compile it. And 
C++, we get a compiler. Do you still like Java? So you have to spend lots of time with Java, but you still like to work with Java. I like Java. I like where Java is going. Also, I'm a, a huge Kotlin fan. I program a lot of Kotlin, like all the website and the back end. I do all of that in Kotlin. Um, so that's my, my really my third language. Now um, it's a question because you, you spend a lot of time in order of, of hacking with Java and Kotlin. I don't use Kotlin because if I have Java 17 or Java 21, I don't think it is a lot you know, of added value. To, uh, to Kotlin. And uh, what I don't like about Kotlin is you have Maven project of the Kotlin dependencies. I say, okay, so my, my point is, is Java 17.21 is good enough. If I would like to do something different, I would just ditch, you know, the JVM altogether and, and take complete different language. So what I don't like is the fact that Kotlin needs libraries and the libraries are depending on Java versions. So, you know, the entire thing, I, I, I don't like the fact. This is the same story I didn't like, you know, Scala a lot. And um, this was the same the same feeling I had back then, and and I, I looking at Kotlin, I reviewed some Kotlin projects, and I cannot see you know find the killer feature. And the longer we wait, the more you know Java features will get. You know the coroutines in Kotlin now maybe no more. And yeah. and, and the, the question true. is, I understand you. Maybe you are a little bored with Java, say like in the Kotlin, or is it something which you say okay, I I really would like to use Kotlin because. Let- Let's do another podcast about this because I would have a lot to say about that. I, I think the multi-platform stuff is the killer. And that's what I, for example, use uh, for the website where I then don't write JavaScript, I write Kotlin. Mm-hmm. And I have this common code. Oh, where... then we have to do this. And I also wanted to ask you about Perfino. We had no time for now. So we do another <laughs> follow-up. I'm happy to come back. If you yeah. Want to have so what I would like to chat with you the next time is mm-hmm. Perfino, Kotlin, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, sampling versus instrumentation, just a little bit deeper, you know, that we understand uh, because uh, I had to know uh, the uh, already a podcast with Bitrace and we, we had uh, we talk about sampling and I know JVisual VM. I use sampling a lot in JVisual back then. And maybe we can even contrast, you know, JVisual VM to JProfiler because it's fair, I think, is open source. It's not like, you know, your competitor or whatever. So we can just say, okay, what's... Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. this is like, you know to the listeners and uh, I'm happy to promote JProfiler. I mean, this is a great tool built, you know, by a small team, which I really like this. Actually, this is uh, was always my idea. A small team can achieve anything, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm asking so, so many questions because I don't get, you know, huge teams, you know, 50 developers building something. They always, if I see such projects, asking them, what are you building? Operating system and what's going on here? Because uh, uh, so you can achieve with a dedicated team almost everything you like, right? And I don't think if you will have you know ten developers that you will be five times faster. Maybe it wouldn't fly at all. So this is this is the you know this is this is the interesting question. So um perfect and uh, yeah no um, all listeners should go and buy a J profiler right. This is on EJ Technologies <laughs> is the website and the w- website because it's built in Kotlin it looks worse than the J profiler I have to say. Also the if you go <laughs> if you go to the website actually. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm I'm doing this for the new website. The, the current one is is uh, is running uh, is a Grails website. <laughs> uh, okay, because this looks really. If you look at the website, I, I, this was the reason why I, why I probably didn't bought the J profiler. But the J profiler looks orders of magnitude better than the website. I have to say. So this is. Uh, I hope no, the Kotlin <laughs> will solve the problem. But uh, with uh, this Grails one. Uh, but I like the icons. This is the old one, the JDG. This is, you know, this was the, the, the old awards. I really like, you know, some... Yeah, we have to remove that. <laughs> no, but but I, I, I still like the, the, the icons. So, no, if you if you create, you know, a new website, I think I think uh, it should improve your sales. 
Okay. It will, I think, because, uh, yeah. And uh, so next time we have to cover uh, Perfino and maybe install for j a little bit. And of course, uh, Kotlin. And uh, yeah, you, you have to go to EJ Technologies. You can click on download. You can download and you can buy uh, J Profiler, which is called kind of perpetual license, right? So if you buy one, you get support for one year, right? But you can keep it forever. This is how it works. Yes, the license will not expire. So the major version that you purchase, you can use that forever. Perfect. This is also important. Thank you a lot. It was really Excellent. fun to, to, to meet someone yeah. near of me which builds great software, and I was 20 years or more not aware that EJ Technologies is a German company, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. Wir müssen warten, bis die 